Hello guys, welcome back to Shyville. This is our second episode, by now you should know who I am, but for our newbies, I'm Triana. Um, today we have an interesting topic and a special guest. Let's jump into it. Our topic for today is growing up on the west side of Chicago. And to help us to kick off the podcast, we have the elegant Lane here today. Are you here? Hello, yes, I am here. Okay, so... um. Just to break the ice a little bit, um, describe how you're feeling using color. Using color. Um, that's kind of rough because I guess... Ooh, hmm, using color. I guess I want to go with purple because I'm always feeling like royalty. I'm always in the space of feeling like bossy and feeling, you know. So, yeah, I'm going to go with purple. It's my favorite color as well. Okay. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, My name is The Elegance Lane. I am the only girl of, I want to say, seven boys. And I'm the youngest. Yes, it has its moments. I'm the youngest, though I act the oldest. Because some of my brothers are childish. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I, so let me see. I grew up on the west side of Chicago. and Well, a little bit of everywhere, to be honest. But I guess the bulk of my years was spent on the west side of Chicago. I grew up on the south side, suburbs, east side. Uh, I grew up in the foster care system, so I moved a lot, which allowed me to experience a lot of, of different parts of the town of Right. So, but the bulk of my time, as previously stated, I spent on the west side of Chicago. Uh, I grew up on Hamlin and Ferdinand for the first nine year, years of my life. My family owned a building over there. So, I want to say maybe five generations lived in that building until the fire of, I want to say, 2014 burned it down. Yeah. I was a first-generational college student on my mom's side of the family. None of my siblings went to college. Actually, I want to take that back because I recently found out that my father went to college. He did like two years in a community college. I didn't know that. Hmm. But outside of him. (laughs) (laughs) No, um... Yeah, I went to university. I graduated from Gordon Tech High School, which is a private Catholic school from the north side of Chicago. I then went on to do my undergrad at the University of Illinois Springfield. I went there because I was interested in politics, and that Springfield is the capital of Illinois. And if I wanted to really be in politics, that's where I needed to go. But it also allowed me to be able to bring a car if I wanted to. They, also, they actually lied to me a little bit, honestly, when I went there because they said that I didn't have to. A little bit. Because they said I didn't have to have a roommate and I didn't have to live <laughs> in the dorms. And being a foster kid, I didn't want to share any more of my space with anybody else. You know, I kind of just was over people and I wanted to be by my lonesome, have my own. And then they switched it up. My year was the first year they was like, oh, it's mandatory because we just built these new dorms for you guys. So everybody be there i ended up bunking with this white girl she was super cool though her name was uh ashley but she called black people colored people <laughs> um <laughs> yeah she didn't know any 
any better because she grew up in like a small little white town in a, in southern Illinois. So she didn't know. So I kind of had to explain to her like, you don't do that. That can get you in some trouble. Call us black people. <laughs> you don't do that. You know, call us black don't people. We're that. just black. Don't call us color people because that's like a shake away from being the N word, you know. <laughs> but she was super cool. She wasn't like, if she was racist, she didn't show any of that to me. So I don't think she had, she was racist. I just think that that's just the way she grew up, you know. But that was yeah. cool. She left, I want to say, in the middle of the freshman year. She ended up going, not coming back after the fall break. And then I had the room to myself, so I was like living the life, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I graduated in 2012 with a bachelor in political science and legal studies, and um, I went off and did politics for a little bit. Then I moved to LA. Now, I'm, yes, now I'm back here in Chicago, living in Chicago life. <laughs> that you said that you went to private catholic school what was um like what were some things that you like were different from your school life and your after school life um well I didn't really want to go to a private catholic school I was forced into that that choice was kind of taken away from me uh by (laughs) the my caseworker because I moved out I moved from the suburbs to out east and they had really bad schools and I, I was a really good student so they didn't want my grades to fall because of my living situation. But uh, it was, I don't, I can't say I had the same experience as some people because like, though I went to mass, it wasn't like a big deal. Like it wasn't forced upon us. It was a lot of up and down. So that was interesting because I was used to being in a uh, a Baptist church, but it wasn't like a huge deal. Like, you know, people were real cool. Only thing that was really different was now I had a a religious class one of my classes was like learning about the Bible. And at first I was, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> at first I was like, this is weird. But then I'm like, <laughs> but it was cool. Cause my auntie used to like throw Bible facts at us to try to shame us. Right. So one day she threw a Bible fact at me and she was wrong. But because I had been taking, you know, classes on the Bible, I got to shut her down. It was the greatest day for me. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> she tried to shame me in a moment. I was like, hold on. The Bible actually says, and I gave her a quote. And she was like, that ain't what it says. So we had to look it up. And I was right. And it was like a situation. She was like, well. And then she went into this whole thing. But I felt good inside. I got her. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Because saying the fact, I go to a Christian school now. I don't like it. I'm going to be honest. Like, I like it. Because, you know, I get mm-hmm. to see new faces and stuff. But it's so it different from public school. Like, so different. Like, you'll, like, on the average day at my old school, you would see at least three <laughs> fights in one day. We, like, it's ridiculous. Like, fighting for no reason. You'll see two girls over hanging out one second. Then later on that day, you'll see them both in the office. Braids is on the floor. Tracks is in the, like, what, what is going on? Like, it's just so different. And then saying the fact that um, the private school life is different, I take Bible now. And I'm not going to say it's my worst class because, honestly, I like it because of the teacher. But if I had to choose if I would take that, I probably would have been dropped out because it's not really the funnest class, but it's not yeah. that bad. Also. I, one, I wouldn't say sophomore year of high school, I had this one teacher. He was Russian, so his accent was so thick. And he was trying to teach us like Bible stuff. And I was like, dude, I don't even know what's happening right now. 
Like, <laughs> and I was like, huh? I was just like, Can you, what you say? And he thought I was always being a little a-hole about it. But I really wasn't. I was really trying to understand. He kicked me out a few times. I'm not going to lie because he thought I was trying to... <laughs> leave i'm like what i wasn't told on that man he had to apologize to me i was telling everybody don't do that um so what did uh the diversity look like the, um it wasn't a lot of black people i want i can say that it was three black girls in my whole freshman class and a total of six black girls in the whole school so we all oh you know play basketball and we all hung out together we were like clicked up it didn't even matter what year you were in we was just like hey girl <laughs> you know like black people yay you know but it was like um it was cool because it was like a, white people it was like a bunch of bl- white people a bunch of mexicans let me rephrase that sorry about that hispanics La- latinx and whatever to be politically correct uh they were in there so it was like a lot of it was more of them than it was of uh, african-americans but it was more black boys than there were black girls. I will say that. Um. So, what were some special places that you would visit, um, when you were like younger? Special places. Uh, what do you mean? Like hangouts, like after school. Oh, we're gonna head head up to this one pizza place so we can, you know, go do something or hang out hang out at the laser tag place and go do something. Oh, funny laser tag. Um, you know what? Honestly, like I didn't hang out with my school friends as much. Like. I, oh, I, I hung out with, like, the black people out because, you know, they was in the same neighborhood that my family was in. So I hung out with them. But I really wasn't hanging out with them. And I, I do regret that because I just was like, oh, I'm above this. I'm above all of this foolishness. I want to go back out west. So I'll always go back to the west side and hang with my cousins and, you know, kind of be out over there with my family because growing up, I didn't really get a chance to hang with them like that. So I was really trying to... That was like my freedom once high school started to be able to hang over there and kick with them. So I really didn't really do a lot of hanging with my uh, high school friends. I just kind of was with my family. I want to say up until like senior year, then I started kicking it with, I started kicking with some of the the people in my class. I also hung up, actually freshman year, I hung out with upperclassmen. I used to braid a lot of the boys' hair. And we, there was like parties that were going on. I would go to the parties. I, I would be the only freshman there. <laughs> so that was Uh-oh. interesting. So we was, I was always just hang. I, I would hang out with them. I forgot about that. And then, but that wasn't like often. That would be like maybe once every other week type of thing. On a Friday, I would hang out. You know, because they all lived up north, which yeah. is kind of far from the west side. So you have your school life and you have your time when you're with your uh-huh. family. And like they wear certain stuff. They say certain stuff. But when you get to school, is was there ever a time where you had to act oh, a certain way? Oh, no. I was me all around. Like, you know, I was me all around. I, you know, actually, yeah, I was me all around. But I will say, sometimes hanging with my family, there was some issues. <laughs> because I would, you know, here I was going to a private Catholic school. And you know, the way you speak and the way you, you know, it was very important. Verb, noun, agreement. And... That wasn't what, you know, how my family really was used to speaking. They spoke Ebonics. And I said, you know, they were speaking Ebonics. And I really wasn't fitting in. I had, like, this very proper, uh, I sounded very proper. So, they were, it was, like, a little, sometimes a little issues with that because they would call me a white girl, which was rude. It, hurt. <laughs> it was rude. I'm not going to lie. At times, it did hurt my feelings because I just was trying to fit in with them little snaky people. But 
Um, so I will say that I guess I had I didn't have to really change for my school more. I had to change a little bit more for my family. Like my school was fine. It was my family that was the issue. So I like in order to try to fit in. When I look back now, I'm like that's so lame. But I was like a teenager just trying to fit in. Right. Um, but right. Yeah. I, I like I start cursing a lot just to. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. To dial down my how proper I sound. You know, just so, so it was I, always like that thing, and I'm like, you know, nobody want to be called a white girl when you black. You know, that's not what you're trying to right. do. Right. I can say for me, back in like what was this fourth grade. I remember um, my dad would take us down to Mississippi to go see uh, the other side of the family. And I would get down there. And, of course, I spend most of my time with white kids in school. So I pick up on certain things and I, like, you repeat what you hear. So I would speak a certain way when I get down there. And they'll be like, you talk so white. Nah, 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 nah. Your dad doesn't talk like that. I'm just like, what do you expect me to do? So I would pick up on little stuff that they would say. I was, like, I started going back to school saying Maine and Honey Boo Boo. Like, it was just so bad until I realized it when I got, oh my gosh, I would never forget this day. I went to Chick-fil-A, and I was in the little play area playing with this little white boy, and he did something. I was like, honey, boo-boo, don't do that. And his mom was like, oh my God, I think she likes you. I was like, what? No. No, I don't like him. Uh, no, that's something I picked up on when I was, what? No, that's what <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it, like, it was just so hard because, like, I remember going down there. Like, I just used to get picked on so much that I used to literally binge watch Bad Girls Club just to pick up to see what I can change about myself. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, it's your, like your family make you feel like you're not good, black enough or you're not enough. Like, that's crazy that that's right. even a thing that I didn't even know that happened to you. But you felt like that as well. And then we felt like we had to change little things about ourselves just to fit in with the people that we share DNA with. Isn't it? That's just crazy. It's weird. You're from Chicago, and um, I don't know. I know for me, I don't listen to Chicago rappers, not that I know of, or I don't listen to Nashville rappers because they're all trash, going to be honest. Um, so, saying the fact that you're from Chicago, are there any general, like, local area artists that you listen to? No, I think most of the people that most of the artists in general today is trash. <laughs> most- I don't care. The music sounds all the same and no one's talking about anything of substance. And I can't get with that because, you know, that's not what I'm what I'm about. That's not what I represent. And yeah, I think I'm, I listen more to older music, like the 90 music, early 2000s, before I would listen to what's mm-hmm. happening today. Because everybody's trying to be a bad B and be a savage. And don't get me wrong, some of the hooks are, you know, a little catchy or whatever. I do I do a little shoulder lean with them real quick, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what they're the message that they're sending to the youth to just you know I don't agree with it you know so everybody's trying to be rich and on Instagram and Facebook and trying to portray a lifestyle in which they don't they they don't have acting like they you know have this but they don't have it spend their last so they can stunt but no one's talking about how to g- build generational wealth how to get out of poverty you so I don't it's all about being flashy and what I have what I have what you you know what y'all don't have and now everyone feels like in order to be somebody or be successful you have to have this certain lifestyle which isn't true some the stuff that people that these kids are rapping about is lies it's not even their lives 
So, with that being said, do you think society has a tendency to portray the wrong image at, like, for, like, when it comes to, like, body image and the way you're supposed to live your life or, um, like, especially with, like, drug abuse and stuff like that, do you think they have the tendency to flash the wrong um, image of how you're supposed to live? A hundred percent, like, 100%. Like, these girls, everybody got the same booty, child. Lord. They going to the same doctor. <laughs> it's insane. It's, everybody got the same booties, and you have people like really risking their health by getting like so they can't afford to go to an actual doctor. So now they, all oh, one of my girlfriends know how to do the butt shots, and people are inserting cement inside people's bodies. Like I knew this one girl who that situation kind of happened with. She she wants, wanted a bigger butt. And then her friend, you know, had got some work done and it looked nice on her. She was like, oh, I know somebody that'll do it for like $500 and you pay for what you, you know, you get what you pay for. So she went to this person in like a basement. They, oh, Lord. Yes, it was like all a mess. And the person inserted cement into her butt. So at first it was fine. But then when they like start to dry up, like then her butt was very hard. And like you can tell like it like completely messed up her. But, you know, her, her body was so, she had to go in to the doctor. She almost died. It was like this whole thing. So they're making this image where you have to have a big butt, small waist, big boobies. And if you don't have that, then you have people trying to go and buy that and spend their last trying to get this, have this image. And I want to say that uh, Kendrick Lamar, his song, Be Humble, was the realest thing ever. Like everybody trying to have these perfect bodies and this perfect lifestyle, but that really don't exist. What you have is good enough. It makes make people feel like what the way their bodies were made isn't good enough. I like Lizzo because she's about body poly, uh, positivity. And uh, Zendaya, though she's a very small, I remember there being an issue in which she was supposed to be on the cover of a magazine, and they uh, what's that called? They edited it. You know, they shaped her body and gave her hips, even though she's like really skinny and she's up and down. And she like caused this big scene, which I thought was super dope of her letting people know, like, no, you changed my hips. You gave me hips. You did this. You made my breast bigger and this bigger. Don't do that because you're then telling people that this is the image. So when you see a magazine, you people want to be that they when they see things, they want to have that. So she's like, no, that's not the image in which I want to give to my fans redo this cover and put my actual body on there and they like issued her an apology and you know said you know of course it was some oh it was an era that wasn't meant to be like that and whatever but I thought that was dope that she said she stood up for you know body positivity as well as Lizzo though I think Lizzo do too much sometimes because I don't want to see your butt boo oh my gosh especially I've seen her on TikTok everywhere like I'm not saying like your body is like your body your body you do what you want with it but when you are basically naked on TikTok and there's kids on there, they're going to think that stuff is okay. Mm-hmm. Body positivity is okay with me. Yes, teach kids body positivity. But not to the point where it's okay to be naked and show everybody. Yeah, I agree. So I have this thing with, like, bathing suits. I can't get, I can't, like, the two-piece. Like, I do not agree with two-pieces. Oh not for gosh. not for little girls. I think you need to be like eighteen and better to wear a two piece because honestly, a two piece is 
your bra and panties. Yeah. That's people seeing you in your bra and panties. So I don't understand that when people make a big deal about somebody being in their bra and panties, the two piece is bra and panties. It's just a, di- a different material, but you're exposing yourself in a way where it's sexual. It, it can come off as sexual to men or, you know, especially little pedophiles. You have to think about that. So I don't yeah. agree with, with young girls wearing two pieces because it's essentially a bra and panty. It's just you're wearing it in public, and I don't agree with that. I think kids should wear one pieces or like the little short pieces. Yeah, the little shirt and underwear. That's the ones that I used mm-hmm. to wear a lot when I was little. And then I started wearing one pieces, but like they would be like, basically they would be two pieces, but like they were like still attached, but kind of not attached at the same time. They only show like certain parts that were okay. But for me, I don't like one pieces because like it's it's just it's just too much just one little thing and one thing pops it's too much but I don't want to wear a two-piece because not saying I'm not comfortable with my body but like on paper I'm like oh yeah I'll definitely wear a two-piece over a one-piece but then when I start to think about it I'm just like "Mm, I don't think I like how this is laying here and that's scrunching there and yeah I don't really prefer if I'm being honest I don't prefer bathing suits at all Mm. so when you go to the beach what do you wear Last time I went to the beach, I wore a one piece. Okay. Yeah. So, what are some differences between now and when you were growing up in Chicago? I want to say people are more trigger happy now. Uh, More people are dying. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, it feels like that. Let me rephrase that. It feels like more people are dying the level of respect that was given back when I was growing up versus the level of respect that's given now is completely different. When I was growing up, you had the older men and though they were in games, there was like a code where you don't touch women and kids. You don't spray up the whole block for one person. Right. I'm not condoning people to kill people because I don't agree with that, but you don't kill everybody on the block to get one person and you still didn't get the person. Now you didn't just kill the one year old and, a grandma right and a, a, a pregnant woman like and there's no remorse there's no consequences that comes with that that's like trash and that's what's going on now back then people were willing to if you had issues and you couldn't resolve them through talking and you felt the need to take it to the next level and actually have a physical fight people were fighting you know you took if you lost you took that L and you just kept it pushing now nobody's even trying to fix fight they immediately go into trying to shoot somebody if they feel like they were disrespected, you know, and instead of like squaring up with somebody, a man fights, if that's what you need to do, you're going to fight with your fist. You're not going to go and get a gun and disrespect people. Then you try to shoot somebody and you think, you, oh, I'm a big man. Like that's lame person to me. So the, the levels of respect and is different now and mm-hmm. how people are using, I guess, their positions. Because people were making people making sure people were going to school. Kids were going to school. Now they got kids on the block selling drugs, and I don't know. So it's just it's different in that way. And there's a difference between to me the west side and the south side of Chicago. The south side was more so more with the gang banging than the west side. The west side, they, those the men were really just about like making their money. It, it wasn't so much conflict like it is now. The new generation. Again, they're so trigger happy. If anything happens, 
the first thing they do is get a gun. No one tries to fight. And if they do fight and they lose, they instantly going back to get a gun. Definitely. So it's just more, so much gunplay. Nobody's like, there's no men. It's a bunch of little boys with women emotions. I can definitely agree for some of the boys I went to. Um, like, they'll definitely be, oh, yeah, I'm living my best life. I do this. I do that. I sell this on the side. I trap. I do this. And they'll, like, post little pictures of what they've done and all this money and stuff. But then, when they don't know how to use it. Two, if they do know how to use it, they don't know when to use it. Mm-hmm. They definitely just, oh, you said something about me. Okay, well, let's go shoot them up. And they think that's okay. Like, shooting people is not okay. I mean, if you are going to shoot a person, make sure you actually shoot that one person. I definitely agree with what you said. They'll end up shooting up a whole area and missing that person. That person is long gone. But now that you've affected a mom who had three kids, now she only has two. Okay, that was weird. Okay, sorry for technical difficulties. But picking up from where you left off, um, are you still in contact with some of your foster families? I am actually, um, I am, I'm in, I am still in contact with foster mom. She's, uh, I've been knowing her since I was 15. So her and I are still really close. I still contact her, contact her on holidays and, uh, you know, whenever just, you know, them, these two girls in particular, I grew up with them from again, nine and a half until I was 14, you know, though if i mean they're like my they're they are my sisters you know what i mean like we went through the trenches together what were some of your best and worst moments growing up in chicago hmm best moments growing up in chicago. you know i don't know if i had any like best moments in chicago like they all just mess together mesh together i don't know i don't have any like best moments i i can't say that like graduating from college, high school was like the my best moment i guess again uh that was my favorite that was one of my best moments uh you said my worst moments when my mom mm-hmm. died when she died mm-hmm. i didn't like because i grew up in foster care chicago was it was already tainted it's it was tainted from all that um trauma that i experienced so I like I never felt at home in Chicago. I don't know if that sounds weird because this was like I guess I grew up here for most of my life. So I just never felt like I belonged here. Belonged here. I never really felt like I really belonged in the, my family, to be honest. And you know, my friends were super, some of my friends were super dope, but I just felt out of place. And the, when I moved to Los Angeles back in 2013. I, the moment I drove into the city, I felt like I was at home. I've never felt like that in Chicago. When I'm in Chicago, I feel trapped sometimes. Yeah. I know that's probably sounds super dope. I mean, super, uh, a little gloomy. My bad, not dope. <laughs> a little gloomy, like, I'm sorry, you know, because, but I just never felt uh, at home here. And then when my mom died, it was like, okay. Chicago is the devil. <laughs> I don't want to be there. I remember making. Look, I didn't like you. Exactly. You know, okay. I remember making a, a Twitter status. Oh my gosh. When I when was leaving out, I was like, F Illinois, I ain't never coming back. 
<laughs> but then I came back because um, I was, you know, I got a little older and I'm like, well, maybe I didn't give Chicago a real chance because I really hadn't lived here uh, since oh. I was 18. What do you mean? Look at me now. Like, I still trying to get up out of here. <laughs> if COVID had not happened, <laughs> it, I was moving where? back to Los Angeles. Yeah, I was moving oh, back to Los gosh. Angeles uh, in January. I mean, what, July? That was the plan. Then COVID came and swept the plan out the window, mm. pooped on it, buried it deep, 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 deep down in the soil. <laughs> yeah. And then pee on top of the grave. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> said that's a no for me. That's definitely no But don't get me um, <laughs> It wasn't meant to be clearly. No, but don't get me wrong, because like, working at uh, a nonprofit and working with kids, Oh my, it just brings so much joy to my heart. I love working with the kids. I love to see kids go from being a little troubled or and, and go to being positive kids or somebody, a kid being from quiet to being talkative and seeing their personalities develop over time. And so I really like work, the work that I'm doing. So this has been the icing on the cake, being able to work with youth. Whatever. <laughs> Now all we got to do is have our own little youth, and then the plan is perfect. Oh, you talking about children? <laughs> Most definitely. You, you know, like I Most definitely, definitely. want to have kids. That's the plan. Like I, my the plan is to have kids by the time I'm thirty five, be a millionaire by the time I'm forty. You know, so there's some plans that are put put in place that I'm trying to work out. The thing is, like finding a good man is really hard because everybody's trying to be a savage, okay? And listen, I'm not trying to be a savage. I've been there, done that, did that in my twenties. You know, (laughs) 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 yeah. Like after a while, you don't want to keep doing the same thing. Life is about progressing, right? You always, you always want to be learning you always wanted to be wanting to do better and being better and you know, trying to just develop over time you don't want to stay complacent and say the same person you know because then you're not growing so I'm always trying to grow and uh it's hard to find uh, a man that's on my level in that sense because I know that I have past traumas and th- those are things I'm actively working on people are not acknowledging the traumas that they have and then it can bring those traumas to you or into the relationship and it becomes so much more. It becomes like a strain or this competition where, oh, I can show you that I'm, I'm, you know, I don't care more than you don't care. And then becomes this thing like caring is what it, not, you know, caring is too much and it's lame and like, no, I want a grown man who's okay with being vulnerable, but as, as well as being a strong manly man. Not too sensitive when you crying all the time because it's too much. Man, <laughs> I do not want no baby. Cause if no, I definitely don't want one of them. But I don't want to like you don't end up one of the guy that's just like you like what's wrong with you? Oh nothing. And then now later on in the relationship, y'all going two three years. Now there's this blockade and you don't not understanding what it is and it's something from the like, beginning of the relationship seven yes. years ago. Oh my gosh. It's because people don't acknowledge things that happen. People try to just move on, act like it didn't happen. But in order to move on, you have to acknowledge that. You have to have that conversation. One thing that's a requirement for me is my man has to be the person, my spouse would have to be my best friend. I don't want to be, I don't want to not be able to talk to him about anything. Like anything that I talk to my girlfriends about, I want to be able to talk to him about like, hey, this is going on. I want to gossip about my girlfriends to him. Like, let me tell you about so-and-so. Ooh, they messy. Let me tell you about this. And we gossip together. And we kiki 
<laughs> about, <laughs> about about other people, and it's not this thing where I have to feel like I have to protect my heart. I don't want. I, I've been learning to be vulnerable lately, and in a space where I'm just I'm living my truth, whatever that may be. I'm just saying what's what it is. So, for an example, I'm I got some damn I'm damaged a little bit, okay. <laughs> so I have a little bit. Oh man, bread. <laughs> A little bit. So I have some commitment issues. And if if a man moves too fast for me, then my natural reaction is to run. Like, oh my God, it's too much. Cut him off. Yeah. Right. So, but I'm trying not to be that way. So I'll tell a person that I'm dating, like, hey, you know, you have to. Now I'm telling people, before I didn't, I just would get up out of that gym. But now I'm like, you know, hey, (laughs) you know, when you move too fast, it scares me. And, you know, it makes me want to run because my natural instinct is to run. And, you know, I don't want to do that. So if you can slow things down and just being very honest about my feelings, you you know how people go on a date and if the date was horrible, they don't tell the person that the date was horrible. They just catch an attitude, but they go home and tell their girlfriends yeah. like, oh, my God, it was trash. It was, yeah. it was, it, I don't do that anymore. I was definitely a part of that crew that did that. But now oh, I don't Lord. do that. I'll say, hey, I'll address it on the day, like, hey, I don't like this or whatever. When this is going on, it makes me feel like this and da da da. Having like that open dialogue and not hiding parts of myself, and it's been very freeing. So I'm looking for a man that can match that energy, so we can get married and have some little crumb snatches. Because it's very important to me to have my own crumb snatches. I definitely don't want another one of you running around because <gasps> you're too much. Girl, very much. You like a shake away from being another one of me, girl. You got the same personality. Shut uh, up. Too much. <laughs> I'm too much already for myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even need to work for myself sometimes. Like, I just need to leave the body. Just get out. You, I'm not going to lie. I definitely sometimes I get on my own nerves. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, what? And then I go to, I take a nap because I'm like, you know what? You did too much. <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep. Today was just, uh-uh. We're right. going to try this again because it's too much. So when I need to get away from myself, it sounds crazy. I just go to sleep. People be looking, I'll be like explaining myself to people. They're like, what? <laughs> Listen, you don't understand that you're clearly not on the same level as me. <laughs> I'm going I'm to have to name this podcast for my TT's future husband oh my goodness do not do <laughs> whoever whatever good man is out here listening to this um just slide up on this podcast leave your email number <laughs> and your name we will get back to you in two shapes we got you if you're looking for a nice woman i got you i promise you she is so legit like this is a you you'll love her i love her you, you'll Aww. love her she's she real cool girl i need you to stop trying to marry me out all crazy you've been trying to marry me all <laughs> Since you learned that I turned thirty last year, <laughs> he was like, "Wait, I didn't know you were thirty. Hold on, we were right. I thought we, I'm thinking, <laughs> right? We, we need to get a move on this. The eggs are gonna rot. We need. We don't whoa, have whoa, 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 whoa. Rot is such we, a we strong need to, we, negative word. <laughs> okay, hey, the eggs oh, are gonna decay. Decay, ma'am. What is happening? Listen, it's seventy year olds grandmas out there ha- still having babies. Okay. This we don't want you to be one of them. I do not True. want you to be one of them. I don't want to be one of them either. I don't either. Uh, Having got a newborn at age 69. Who is still? But my mom was 34 when she had me. So I figured that as, as long as I'm like hitting that 34, 35 mark, I'm still pretty good. 
So that the age gap wasn't that bad between my mom. We we were cool, but she was a Leo, so she had her own issues. <laughs> my, oh my, I know what you're talking about because my mom is. She one. was crazy. Yeah, she was crazy. She we used to bump heads a lot, but that was my OG. OG triple OG. <laughs> yeah, that was my old lady. I love that lady. But yeah, so so I I, I got some I got a couple more years. Trayana. <laughs> Go get your friend name says let me be great because that's your favorite yes. thing to say. <laughs> yes, let me be great, you know, but I so hopefully I can find somebody that's worthy worthy because you can't just, you know, be with anybody. Right. I'm, again, I'm trying to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40. So I need somebody that's that's matching that energy and not trying to come over here and mooch off me because I'm not taking care of no grown man. No ma'am. Grab a baby <laughs> before you even have a baby. Don't even make sense. Oh, that'd be so tragic. <laughs> I would be so disappointed in myself. I, I, would, go to, I would take a nap. <laughs> ah, look, the other need to talk about some things. <laughs> You know, it's too much. I'm, I'm going to lay down. I'm going to have to get back to you, okay? I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to let, yeah. I can already see now you're going to be calling me. Girl, listen, I'm starting to change my mind about him. What? What happened? I thought y'all was good. <laughs> Girl, yes, he trying to, he doing too much. Uh-uh, I need a nap. What? Need a nap? <laughs> so, yeah. So, but my overall experience on the West Side, I, I want to say it was good. It was a. Uh, I mean, it was okay. I'm not gonna say it was good. That's a, I just lied. I take it back. It was okay. <laughs> I just lied. Um, <laughs> just take it back. It was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Oh. I've had better times this... in better places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely hate it here. Um, I'm not gonna say that though, because we're podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, it made me think about that meme with Jaden Smith, and it was he was like, I hate it here. But you know what? Since moving back, I have had some great successes. Uh, I now own property. Uh, you know, I, own, I have my own business, and you know, I get to have ha- have different relationships with different kids, and you know, I get to inspire the youth so, like somebody inspired me. So I really uh, that's the highlight of being here. I definitely think the surroundings have affected how have affected who you are today. In conclusion, yes, yes. Definitely changed for the better. Oh, thanks. You trying to say I wasn't better before? What you trying to say? I, I didn't. Well, you have to remember, I didn't know you before. I'm gonna need you not to say it like that. Don't make me sound like I'm, I'm a not, bad auntie. No, no. <laughs> like no, not like that. We just like weren't like we're not now. Like yeah, it was yeah. different. It was yeah. our relationship was definitely different. It was definitely really weird for me when you were like, "You trying to come down here to Chicago?" Like that was my eighth grade year. I was like, uh, "I don't really know this lady." I mean, I just know she's my dad's sister. I mean, I yeah, know. understandable. It was really hard to connect with you guys because you guys live so far. Yeah, you know. So I've had to put in extra effort to make sure that I connect with y'all right. um, now. So, but it was hard. It was hard for me. You know. It was, because y'all was so far, and I, you know, honest, I said I was young too, and but it, it was really the distance. Yeah, it's but I def- love you guys now. And I said I didn't love you guys oh. then, but 
I'm glad that I, we was able to develop this relationship. And it came because you uh, you started coming up here for the summer. Right. I definitely love these Chicago visits because, you know, I get to learn more about you every time I come. It's definitely fun. You're welcome. Get to be around such awesomeness. Um, anyways, child. Um, <laughs> that's all we have for today's podcast. This was really fun. <laughs> definitely went over the 30 minute mark. Oh, uh, yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gonna have to go ahead and do some chop chop. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for coming. It was great having you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. And I look forward to listening to your future podcast. So sweet. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you.